Introducing the Two-Way V4, where groundbreaking fuel cell technology meets fresh foam cushioning for the ultimate performance. With fuel cell, each step feels explosive, delivering unparalleled energy return. Paired with fresh foam, experience maximum comfort throughout the game. Its lightweight textile upper offers support and breathability without sacrificing agility. Whether you're hitting the clutch shot or locking down the opposition, the Two-Way V4 gives you the tools to play at a high level. Learn more and purchase the Two-Way for yourself at newbalance.com. The following is a GoPowerCat.com and Spirit Street production. You've discovered your link to GoPowerCat.com's PowerCat Questions podcast, presented by Fridge Wholesale Liquor, and it starts right now. Now, let's go to the WTC gig-powered studios. Here's your host, GoPowerCat.com publisher, Tim Fitzgerald. Welcome to another edition of your PowerCat Questions podcast. You ask, we answer. You ask at Wabash Station, and we try to answer here. It's funny, as this basketball season has gone forth, the number of questions has plummeted. I wonder why. I don't think there's a lot of ways you can say, how bad are they? I know. It's painful. Tim Fitzgerald relegates Zach Carlson in the WTC Gig Powered Studios here in downtown Manhattan. A busy schedule here at the World Headquarters. We're sneaking this in now. And then Justin Hughes stops in for a power chat. I'm looking forward to that. And then we'll go ahead and record the overtime for Friday here at the site. So we're packing it all into one day before we all travel to Lubbock. Right. We're all yeah. going to get on the GPC jetliner and go to Lubbock. Even if you were flying us. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Even if it was a chartered direct flight. Even if that flight landed four feet outside of U.S. Supermarkets Arena. <laughs> <laughs> it's that bad right now with K-State basketball. Is there hope for the Cats? That's the question we will answer in 17 different varieties of questions today on this podcast. We're brought to you by The Fridge. No time is more appropriate for The Fridge than when you talk about Kansas State basketball. On track for the worst season, the most losingest season in Kansas State basketball history. <sighs> more losses than any team before can be attained. Why settle for second to last when last is available? Got to give it to people. Ninth place was, in fact, inaccurate. <laughs> Wow. Wow. I mean, even the coaches who doubted K-State and pissed off everyone in purple were wrong because they were too positive. It still could be attainable. Ninth place is out there. For a team that really achieves, they can get ninth place. You know what doesn't suck? What? Tanners. Tanners doesn't suck at all. I gotta get into Tanner's. If you guys are on Twitter, you should follow Tanner's because they've started being a lot more active on their social media, and they and they have a Snapchat now too. Say what? They're gonna Snapchat out um, specials and like flash things. They're like, gonna flash things like, on like Snapchat. A, fla- a, fl- uh, <laughs> a flash special, not a wiener. Sounds like they understand. What 
<laughs> Man, maybe they should save that for only like hot dog specials. I was gonna say, it sounds like dogs. they understand what Snapchat's all about. Yeah. So, uh, and by the way, Tanner's has a big announcement. Uh, it's not official yet, so I'm breaking this scoop right here on the uh, podcast. They will not be participating in Fake Patty's Day this year. What? It's during the tournament. So oh. they are going to reserve their bar for people that actually want to watch basketball. And you will be asked to leave if you get too Fake Patty Day-ish in their place. I don't, I don't know how you're going to get to the door, but if you can get to the door, it sounds great. Your green stuff will have Baylor on it. <laughs> <laughs> We're Scott Drew fans. Tanners gets their booze from the fridge. Why don't use? Sometimes sure. I just go too far with it. Yeah, we'll take it. Okay, let's get to our questions from Wabash Station. Let's rip the Band-Aid off and turn it over to Zach. From KS Rocks, I don't think you've asked a question before. Welcome to the podcast. It is clear that the motion offense is too complex for most players, and certainly for this group. What should give us hope that the incoming players will be able to execute the offense at an even at even a reasonable level next year? I think you got to hope. Well, I mean, not number one. They're all way better shooters. I feel confident that all four incoming players, I'll say three. I'll take Davian out of it because he's not a shooter. Three of those incoming players are better shooters than all but, like, one player on this team maybe. I'd agree. Probably all players. They're good shooters. They're really good shooters. Um, and, frankly, I think if they – I think if they get in there and they get after the defensive, you know, they they learn the defense quick enough, they can get into that transition offense and play a lot quicker and smoother, which is clearly what they need to do. This is my problem with the motion offense that Bruce runs. When he has veteran players, he's still shouting directions. If they don't know what they're doing and they're veterans, why are you running an offense so complex? It reminds me of a defensive coordinator that runs such complex things that his guys aren't playing fast or getting to the right spots. But boy, it's complex. It's going to fool the offense and it fools his own players in the process. I kind of feel that's the way K-State's offense runs. Uh, it It is a little bit too nuanced for your college player. I think KS Rocks has nailed it. And this team's really good when they get in transition and they uh, play with some rhythm and get comfortable. And that's been true for a number of years, and I think it'll be really true next year with the true point guard and some guys that can get out and run. Um, Bruce will say that he wants to run and then scream at them to slow down in the game. It's the darndest thing I've ever seen. But uh, traditionally, when this team gets flowing with the open court and they get to the rim easily, that helps them in the half court. It gives them confidence. It takes pressure off them that they need to – they get, they get in this thing where they, they go down the court, and it's like, we haven't scored in five minutes. Now we need to score. And they're just so tense. Getting in the open court, getting some easy baskets really relaxes this team. From KNED, how far back in time will K-State and Texas set basketball offense on Saturday? <laughs> I'm hoping they re- wear really short shorts. Not the kind we remember from the 80s, but the 1950s shorts. Like, they're basically uh, baggy Speedos. It's going to be a disaster, man. <laughs> This going to be this might this might rival. And look, it can't beat the Oklahoma State game. That game was pitiful. 
but it can rival it. But they covered it up by scoring a bunch of points late. That's true. That's the final true. score didn't look bad. Texas hasn't scored 60 points in its last four games. Okay. And it hasn't scored. It's scored 70 points one time in its last three, seven, nine. Oh, God. Do K-State. Do K-State. Do K-State. Getting to K-State. Okay. K-State has scored has not scored 70 points since the Alabama game, which they lost. Uh, and that is the only time that they have scored 70 points in the last... Oh, Christ. That's all of conference play. <laughs> oh, West Virginia, sorry. West Virginia and Alabama are the only two games since Big 12 play has started that K-State has put up 70 points. That seems bad. They Holy could, goodness. It could be like that Texas-K-State game a few years ago where K-State made 15 field goals, three of oh, which were goaltends. That's right. What game, What year was that? Was that 16? 16, I think. Oh, my goodness. 15. That was horrible. No, it was 15, I think. Well, it would have been, well, been 16. 14, 15, 15 or 15, 16. Okay. Okay. I think it was 14, 15. Yeah. It sounds like something I witnessed in high school. The good news is that following this week's games against Tech and Texas, there will only be four regular season games left. Oh, my God. Honestly, uh, on a serious note, this game is really telling for me because Texas is the only thing as close to a dumpster fire as K-State is right now. Yeah. Even Oklahoma State is picking it up a lot right now. Oh, yeah. They just beat Tech. So will turn around and beat this not out of K-State to feel better about itself. Right. That'll be fun. So, I mean, look, if you come out against Texas on Saturday and you just lay an egg, you're flat, um, you don't compete, if you go through another five-minute scoring drought, dude, that's bad. Because this is, in my opinion, the easiest game left on the schedule. From Also from KNED, is it normal for players to log so many in-season pickup game minutes at the rec, and was this the case last year? You want to crack at it first? You want Man, me to crack at it first? This is from Ryan Gilbert, um, student, does a great podcast, sat in on the Insiders yesterday to fill in for Kellis, and he said that he has seen and played with veteran players at the rec in-season this year. I've never heard of it. I got a Snapchat from a friend that played against Xavier in a pickup game a couple weeks ago. What the hell is going on in the basketball program? How is this even taking place? I mean, how do the coaches not realize their guys are out there playing at the rec in season? Instead of being in the ice facility working on their game, they're out screwing around with... uh, Is beating beating someone... Like me, who went to the wreck and played pickup ball in college. Is that what you need right now to build your doing? self-esteem? That might be what they're doing, just to feel better about themselves. you got to beat someone. This is uh, – th- you know what? There's a lot of things that happen during the course of a season where you're like, eh, this I really question the coaching staff. How is this going on? Do you not have any tabs on your guys? Do you not? Are you so unplugged from what's going on? Do none of your managers or trainers or student assistants on this staff rat them out? From the end of the season to the start of practices in the fall, I don't give two you-know-whats who you're playing, where you're playing, what you're doing. If you're playing basketball, that's good enough for me. Trying to stand it now, you're not really pushing yourself that hard, but at least you're getting shots up and playing against someone competitively. In the middle of Big 12 play, 
when you're two and ten overall in the con or overall, when you are two and ten in the conference, you feel the need to go to the wreck and play twenty year olds. Unbelievable. So I have two questions. Number one, do the coaches know? And if they don't know, how do they not know? Because like you just detailed, how has somebody not gone to how has this not gotten out? How has it not reached the coaches and said, Wow, the Division One basketball players are not in the multi-million dollar facility getting better. They're at the wreck playing kids. Or two, do the coaches know? And if the coaches know, why are they okay with that? It takes one wrong twist of the ankle, landing of the knee, for Xavier Sneed to have a torn ACL because he was playing a 19-year-old kid that just got out of his math class. Man, so much for being worn out by the length of the season. And what great leadership from your veterans. I don't get it. This, this program's a wreck right now. A wreck. And next year, better get it going real quick. From Adam K 63 is Weber maybe too loyal to a fault to some staff members uh, to promote them from within? Um. Yes, to promote to answer that part of the question. I yes. think he's loyal to a fault. Period. It's Absolutely, not about a staff member. I think Jermaine Henderson has done an okay job on the recruiting trail, but there's no reason Jermaine Henderson should have been the hire this year or this last cycle. Well, I disagree now because he's actually very active on the recruiting trail, done a better job than who he replaced. Uh, sorry, I, maybe that came out wrong. I think he's done a good job. I think they could have made a better hire, a more splash hire that did them better. In terms of recruiting. Right. I think they could have got a younger guy. I understand wanting people you know, but it, and sometimes it's like being loyal. Sometimes that's all you can hire. And sometimes it's just out of insecurity. It just seems like I don't want to bring in someone I don't know because they don't know me. And it's, it starts to feel that way. Brad Korn, I'm not understanding who he's recruiting or who he's closing on. I, I, I don't understand what progress the big men are making. I mean, I mean the thing is we can complain about, it, but as the question nails, no change is going to be made. There's too much loyalty there. But you can argue that he's also loyal to longtime players or even players. He didn't kick Marcus Foster off. He kept him around. It poisoned the entire locker room. Uh, he had big problems, you know, with. Another player this year and kept him around. Looks like it's straightened out now, so maybe that paid off. But maybe there should have been more um, consequences to the behavior instead of just trying to let itself work out. And maybe it was solved in a more um, appropriate, more profitable manner. I mean, just because now Cartier is playing better basketball, they're not winning. I mean, it's still a losing team. So I don't know. I, I appreciate being loyal. But, man, you can't just let someone drag you down. And that's been a conversa- topic of conversation on the boards recently. You know, what is Brad Korn doing? And, and he's been kind of the guy that people have really targeted, at, I guess, because of the lack of development by the bigs. For me, basketball assistant coaches aren't as easy to say hire and fire um, as a football coach is. You know, mm-hmm. offense – sits in 10th place in the Big 12 for five years, let's say, yeah, Courtney Messingham absolutely is the problem, needs to go. That is easy. 
Basketball's a little bit, you know, it's not, yes, Brad Corn coaches the bigs mainly, but it's not like Jermaine Henderson and Chris Lowry and Bruce Weber have never gone to a big man and said, you are doing this, you need to do that. You know, they coach all positions right. on the floor. So it's tougher for me to sit here and say, Brad Corn is the absolute reason that the bigs aren't developing. But there probably needs to be a fall guy of somebody. There needs to be somebody held responsible. But here's the thing. It's not going to happen. Brad Corn's been here. Since Alvin Brooks left, the bigs have been what they've been, and he's not going to be fired. Nobody on the staff's going to be fired unless Bruce Weber is fired. So that's pretty. That it's pretty much that simple. Yeah. Also from Adam K sixty three, do you think this year's basketball team misses an assistant like Ch- Chester Frazier? I, look, I no, I don't. Chester got by on some early recruiting, and then. Look, people. Chester's I mean, defense. Yeah, look at this roster, man. I, you've got five veterans that are contributing over a three-year recruiting period. Nobody was recruiting well for three years. They got a couple dudes. They got a couple dudes, and they're not, as we found out, they're not lead guys. They're supporting players. Chester nailed Barry Brown. Chester nailed Kamal Stokes. But Chester whiffed on a lot more players than he nailed. All right. And then then after that big three. So in terms of recruiting, I don't really think you're losing anything. I mean, if you want to make the argument, recruiting has actually gone up since Chester Frazier left, as odd as that is to say. Oh, absolutely. Um and in terms of on the floor, like I said, he was a defensive coach. Chester wasn't an offensive-minded player. He didn't play for Bruce because he dropped 18 points, 20 points a game, and was an offensive explosion. He played for Bruce because he got after it on defense. And that's what he brought to the floor right. for K-State from a coaching standpoint. Well, the offense is the struggle, not the defense right now. So they're really not, I can't really point to one thing about this team and say, that's yeah, they're missing Chester. I mean, if only Chester was here. They're having some issues on defense right now, but... It's because they're not – they haven't been in the system as a group for years. I mean, you can't compare this year's defense to last year's. A bunch of guys that have played in the system and can do it in their sleep. That's just not fair. They've actually been better on defense than what I thought they would be. And next year will continue to be a struggle also defensively because there's a lot of nuance to how they defend. And when it works, it's beautiful. It's easier to understand than the offense. I'll say that. Last question of the first half. From Fervent Purple, do you think the men's basketball team will win another game this season? Texas is it for me. I think Iowa State has reinvented itself into a freewheeling, three-point shooting nightmare that could just destroy K-State. If if Iowa State comes in and plays anywhere near what they did at Kansas, they will knock K-State out so fast it'll be over at halftime. I got asked this question on the radio this morning. I don't... I have a hard time looking at a six-game slate and saying there's no way they win any of them. Mm -hmm. Law of averages, right? But I'm a lot closer to saying they won't win another game than I am to saying that they'll win two games. Oh, yeah. So they're absolutely not Are you looking at the schedule? Yeah. Read it. At Texas Tech on Wednesday. Home against Texas on Saturday. Hopefully a win. At Baylor. Loss. Home against KU. Loss. At Oklahoma State. Probably a loss. Home against Iowa State. Mm-hmm. The thing with okay, so Oklahoma, Oklahoma State, they beat you. They're playing better, but they're also a team that I could see going 
20% from the floor in the first half in case that, you know, I can't answer the question Oklahoma State out. could turn south real fast. Right. And so there's some games there that I look at and say, yeah, they could win them. But every single game on the schedule I also look at and I say, they can lose that. I think they're going to get throttled on Wednesday. Texas Tech just lost to the second worst team in the conference by record. They're going to be pissed off. They just see what they did to, uh, uh, shoot, who they beat by 40 earlier this year. I one of the big, uh, Texas, that's who it was, I think. Like 46 points or something like that. They're going to be mad. They're going to throttle K-State. They're going to lose that one. The thing with it, honestly, like Fitz said, it comes down to the Texas game. Because you can lose by 30 on Wednesday, and it's not really going to be unexpected. They're a much better team than you are. But if you lose to Texas, who is not a much worse team than you are, you're on the same playing field, uh, really, I think. You're looking at seven straight losses. Then you play Baylor and Waco. Then you come home against KU. That's nine straight losses. And you are defeated. This team has quit. I mean, they have. Yes, they're going to go out. They're going to play. They're going to try to win. But they don't care. They know they're not going to the NIT. They know they're not going to the NCAA tournament. Everything that we yelled out, about Cartier Jada earlier this year, about his body language on the floor, going to the bench, that started to trickle over a little bit. Now, I think it's a little bit different situations. I think for a lot of the other players, it's just losing. But they're down. They don't care anymore. And if you're riding nine straight losses into Stillwater, I don't see it. K-State should win Saturday against Texas and Manhattan. Will it happen? Maybe not. I mean, I'm not confident of that at all. They should be able to compete. With a depleted Iowa State team, will that happen? I'm not confident in that at all either. That's the thing is I would like to sit here and say K-State will indeed win another game this season, but the team itself is giving me nothing to believe that will happen. There's nothing here that says to me, oh, they're turning the corner. They're ready to break loose and get going. Maybe we'll see that at Tech. Maybe we'll see that Saturday against Texas. I don't know. But give me something. Give me something to believe in before I come to bat for you. And if not, at least you'll be able to hang that jersey up at the wreck. Stay locked in. The PowerCat Podcast will be right back. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. eBay Motors is here for the ride. Remember when you first saw the potential? And then through some elbow grease, fresh installs, and a whole lot of love, you transformed 100,000 miles and a body full of rust into a drive that's all your own. Look to your left. Look to your right. It's official. No one's got a ride like this. There's nothing else that sounds like, feels like, or looks like the set of wheels in your garage. With over 122 million parts, you can make sure your number one ride or die stays running smoothly. So there's no limit to how far you can take it. Brake kits. Turbochargers, engines, exhaust kits, roof racks, LED headlights, bumpers, whatever your baby needs, eBay Motors has it. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, 
it's guaranteed to fit your ride the first time, every time, or your money back. Plus, at these prices, well, you're burning rubber, not cash. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. We now send it back to Fitz in the WTC gig-powered studios. Welcome back to the PowerCat podcast. Wow. We're off to a fast but furious start in this edition of your questions podcast sponsored by the fridge get into the fridge for all of your party needs there at the corner of Westport and Claflin in Manhattan yeah thank you dramatic pause did you see somebody posted this week or last week that there actually is a corner of this and that that was unbelievable amazing the corner of this and that. It's not Manhattan. This way and that there. way. But it is there. I appreciate the town that did that. Has a corner of this way and that way. Can you imagine giving those directions, though? Hey, yeah, hey, just go down to this way, and then you take a left on that way. I Nobody would, would believe you. Yeah, you'd, you'd be like, all right, no need to be rude about it, sir. <laughs> no, that's really the street. <laughs> Get into the fridge whenever you're in Manhattan. If you're already in Manhattan, why aren't you just there right now? I actually drove by the fridge, and the parking lot was full at 8.58, and the sign said, we don't open until 9. I fear there are people waiting for the fridge to open. That's good for them, though. I mean, nobody needs to be buying alcohol at before 9 in the morning. <laughs> well, it's also the law. Get into the fridge, whether you need it or not. There's some good advertising. Uh, this segment's brought to you by the High Low. We made it into the High Low last week to eat. Oh, so good. Rally had 17 slices of pizza. It was a little strange to watch. We figured out the system for eating. If you want multiple slices, if you go to the High Low and you're like, oh, I want a couple slices. I okay. don't really know what I want. Let's let's put some context in there. If you've never been to the High Low, a slice is roughly the size of Zach's head, and Zach's head's ginormous. <laughs> These are huge pieces of pizza. And if you order a piece of pizza off of their menu, you know, where they have, like, uh, uh, the, the Big Apple, they have the mac and cheese, like, all those pizzas, you're not going to be able to eat two slices of those. I'm telling you right not now. Not even me. You can't do it. But if you're like, I really want two slices of pizza, you go light. You get a normal pepperoni, mm-hmm. and you get a cheese. That's what I did. Mm. A normal pepperoni and normal cheese, and I was able to finish two of them. Are you a cheese pizza guy? Yeah. Uh, I've never been a cheese pizza person. I'm big into it because of Lent. Oh. Have you have you ever eaten pizza with Lent on it? Which would be weird, like he no, warm, warmed it up in the dryer. I've eaten Domino's before. <laughs> Woo! I had a burger. I had the Royale with cheese, a double. You know why they call it a Royale with cheese? (laughs) What a great name for a sandwich, man. Oh, man. It was so good. Get into the high-low. It was kind of a mashup of Christmas and Valentine's Day in there. They still got the Christmas lights up, but Valentine's Day stuff up. Kind of like it. Nothing says Valentine's Day like taking your girl to Aggieville. Yeah. Nothing says Valentine's Day like not having a girl. Shout yeah. out to my co-hosts. Here we go. Your questions from Wabash Station. From Lady Cat in Texas, what is your opinion of the overall state of K-State athletics 
every program combined in your assessment. Hmm, that's good. Thank you, Lady Cat. Um, I mean, look, K State's not a athletic department, athletic program, however you want to say yeah. it. That's going to be consistently winning Big Twelve championships. That's not the bar. Um. But if you point to every program, I don't think you can point to any program, even the men's basketball team right now, and say program is in shambles. You know, yeah, the basketball team's in a rough place. They need to get back on track, but at least they are recruiting better, and at least you have some positive momentum that way. They have won some conference championships. I think K State's right where it needs to be. I think you need a little bit more success in some other sports. You know, I. For all the fun men's basketball and football have brought, the other sports really haven't brought it. You know, women's basketball has been to the tournament three out of five years, I think, but haven't really been to the Sweet 16. Uh, baseball, baseball's pretty rough, I guess, but no. at least you're building things. You're Yeah, it's in a rebuild mode. I mean, second year of a coach, and they split their opening series 2-2. That was nice that they rallied to win the last two of that. You know, this time of year when baseball, they just got to get better because they can actually play outside by going south. Uh, I don't think it's great. I mean, football kind of maybe tinted the windows on that so you don't get obscured the other things going on. Volleyball's a mess. Yeah, yeah, I guess I did forget about volleyball. At least a new arena is coming. Like, if something's bad, at least you can look and say, well, there's going to be these improvements. Like, you know, a new arena, new practice facility. Uh, women's tennis I'm just going to be blunt I don't understand why Kansas State has a women's tennis program I I just don't get it it's just kind of a standalone thing it's almost like hey we need this to have enough sports and for Title IX you guys go sit in the corner and do whatever you can do that's what it is honestly they've actually done better Better. they have done better they lost the coach and they've got you know it's a Title IX balancer sport it's also a sport where Kansas kids aren't playing it very often. It's almost the roster is almost exclusively foreign athletes, and and I I don't mind that for supplementing a roster. But when that's your whole roster, I just for a land grant institution that just seems weird to me. Can I, go play a sport that like softball, where kids at home can play. You know that that you'll be recruiting Kansas kids to your school. Why why they don't have softball is beyond me. But tennis is cheap. Tennis yeah. is cheap. So and, cheap. And someone, a donor, has graciously put money into it. Speaking of which, we need more donors to put money into golf. Got a great golf course to practice on. I don't understand why the golf programs don't rock. Usually they get one elite golfer every you know, cycle. One guy that's going to go on to NCAA by himself, but the team doesn't really make much of a push i don't understand it man i mean they just don't have the good the type of like training facilities i mean they've added the what that indoor thing i don't know but i honestly i I don't look at any program at k-state even volleyball and say it's like ku football where it's been horrible for 10 years and there's no even a small silver lining like zach said at least volleyball a new facility being built they'll have a new coach soon Hopefully you can get some momentum going. It could I'm, always be worse. I'm just really disappointed in volleyball. I'm I'm a volleyball guy. 100 pounds ago, three knee surgeries and one shoulder surgery. That was my sport. I love it. I love watching it. I wish it's a sport in which K State should be able to compete. 
There's there's enough players in in the region, Midwest teams, or non-coastal teams are you know doing very well. And it, it used to just be about if you were in California or Florida, you were going to be in the Final Four. But Nebraska gets there, Penn State gets there, I think Minnesota was there. You know, it's just it's a conglomerate. I think it was Minnesota of different programs. The Big Ten's good in it. If the Big Ten could be good in it, why not Kansas State too? I that new facility better get things going, and I hope it does. And um, I'm looking forward to winning the lottery, so it's named after me. That's what you'd do with your money. Part of it, yeah. Okay. The Tim Fitzgerald Volleyball Arena. The Fitz. Colbert would be called Riley Hills. <laughs> I'd build a new golf course because <laughs> I actually hot take. I don't think Colbert Hills is a very good facility for practicing golf. No, I would agree I, with that. I think it's a good competition course. But I think from as far as playing that every day, yeah, expecting to get good, uh, you know, it just it doesn't play like any other course that the guys play. Yeah, I agree. And it's up on a hill. It's windy. It's 40 miles an hour winds in the wind gusts in the spring. It's terrible. I hate playing there. <laughs> wow. Make it make Wildcat Creek the official course of K-State golf. Wow. Yeah. Just drop the hammer on Cobra Hills. Build a, build a new one. Pitching wedge putter the whole course. <laughs> From KSU number one, based on Ross's quarterback review of Skyler, do you see Skyler taking those steps necessary to being a top 10 quarterback? Uh, look, Let, let's just say this. I didn't get a chance to read it yet. I was going to get to that today, and somehow it got completely deleted from the system, and it's not recoverable. Ross may or may not have accidentally edited the story to rewrite another position breakdown, and Set of, we have no way to get that back. So club. I apologize if you were unable to read that story, and it is not in a Word document anywhere. Anyways... Uh, look, here's the thing with Skyler. I love Skyler, and he's fun to watch, and he makes big plays. But how long have we been saying going into seasons now, how long has Skyler been in the program where we've all sat here and said, this is the year Skyler, you know, we'll see him take that step forward. That was supposed to be this year, man. He got in the climbing system, right? And he had Colin Klein coaching him. And Skyler was supposed to, now with Alex Delton off of his back, Skyler was supposed to make a dramatic leap forward. And he didn't. At this point, until he proves me wrong, Skyler Thompson is what he is. He's not a bad quarterback. I certainly think he's what K State needs on the field next year in terms of what they have at the position. But he's not going to be an elite quarterback. And he's certainly not going to be a top 10 quarterback in the country. That's a very high bar to set. And, and he, I mean, until, he's not going to compete with Trevor Lawrence. Until he breaks, they're not habits, they're reflexes. He does things as a reflex. He flees the pocket to the right around the tackle. It's a horrible, horrible habit for a quarterback to have. I can't believe his offensive linemen haven't chewed him out. When he steps up in the pocket, when he runs up the middle, he's effective. When he tries to run towards the sideline, rarely does that work out because he doesn't keep his head up often enough to get that done. Once upon a time, Skyler Thompson rolled to his right and found Isaiah Zuber in the end zone for a game-winning touchdown against Iowa State. And now suddenly, Skyler Thompson thinks rolling to his right is the, what he needs to do every single play. Yeah, even on that play, he rolled, they went to his left, and then he came back and he kept his head up. That play should serve as scouting video for Skyler himself on what to do. 
If you're going to roll, don't tuck and run. Put your head down. you got to keep your eyes up. Or throw the ball away. Quit running out of bounds for a loss. Drives me insane. Until he breaks these reflexes, I can't put him in any kind of upper echelon of quarterbacks in the conference, certainly um, included. It, it, man, I mean, got to get through this. I think he'll be a little bit better next year, but I don't think he'll be any better than sixth or seventh in passing average in the conference, and K-State's passing offense will be bad, and, and this is what it'll be. I mean, you just got to get through this year, and then you look towards Howard and Rubley. Mm-hmm. From KS Rocks, Skyler throws a good deep ball, but it seems that they went away from that, and teams loaded the box without the fear uh, we would go deep. Do you think we still start? Do you think we will start utilizing deeper throws to keep the defense honest? I think they could use some more. I think they had a lot of success when they did at times. You know, uh, obviously threw one in the Liberty Bowl in that opening drive and a blatant drop pass. That still drives me insane. Mm-hmm. Thank you, Phillip Brooks. And it's tough to be mad at him. He returned a punt later, so yeah, it kind of cancels but, out. Um, yeah. When they throw down the field, I think they can get some big plays at times, and I think they can get receivers open at times if Skyler looks at those open receivers. But they're never going to become the team that does it five, six, seven, eight times a game. They might do it two or three, and that's what they should do. This offense is not going to chuck it 40 yards down the field multiple times in a game. It's just not what it's built around. And if they turn into that, then that's then they lose the effectiveness of this offense. Um, and, and frankly, I don't think you need to go with the times on that. I, whatever happened to a nice little six-yard route over the middle on, on first and ten or on second and seven, and you're a little bit closer? Why do you got to take a shot all the time? Why does everybody want to do that? I don't get that. And, and once Malik Knowles was injured, slowed down, uh, I mean, they you have to have a guy that can get behind the defense consistently. I mean, they don't have Tyreek Hill on this team that can just outrun everyone. Now, I didn't mind the offense. Look, no offense is going to perform well if the receivers drop the ball. And we've seen that in waves this season when they need to, you know, start Liberty Bowl is a perfect example. A couple drops, an underthrown pass, and it derailed almost the whole entire game. If they start with a touchdown real quick, the whole context of the game changes. So what I'm saying is they just need to be more efficient as an offense. And if they're more efficient throwing the ball underneath, then the deeper routes will open up. If they're more efficient running the ball, the deeper routes will open up. One leads to another. You just don't say, hey, nothing's working. Let's throw it deep. Well, if nothing's working, why do they have to honor anything in front of them? I, year two of this program, offensively and defensively, hopefully we'll see improvements and a better understanding of what they're trying to do. From Powercat Ryan, what do you expect out of the new offensive line this season? Is there a freshman red short or true that could crack the lineup? Oh, Cooper Did you B. say red short? Red shirt? I think you said red short. They, I mean, red, I was, red short should be something. Like I kind of had a hiccup in there, so maybe. Uh, interesting. Maybe Cooper, I said Cooper red Cooper BB short. was going to be it. I think he'll start. He'll start. He'll be a foundation type player. Now, what position he'll be at, we don't know because he's a guy that can. He's Cody White here. He can be a guard. He can be a tackle. Hell, he could probably play center at his. Hell, size. he was a defensive lineman. I mean, like. <laughs> oh, I know. It, so we don't know where he's going to be, but yeah, he'll be a foundation type guy. I. 
I think the offense, like we we sit here and look on the surface when you say they lost five starters, that's horrible to hear. You know, mm-hmm. you hate that. But if you want to look at a glass half full, were the five starters amazing last year? I mean, they were fine at times, but I don't think that they did anything that a new line can't figure out. Um, there's going to be growing pains, and they're not going to be the best offensive line. I don't know how PFF graded them so high this year. I don't understand PFF. It really that that was ridiculous. I don't get it. That there's there's something to their formula that I don't comprehend. I guess, but I I think the offensive line can be effective enough. Um, if they get those those immediate, look, there's no reason that a guy like a Cooper Beebe, for example, shouldn't be able to figure out how to play. You know, I mean, he's been here for a year. He kind of got it figured figured out in terms of practice, and he has his year under his belt. Um, I think Delforge will start, and he's a junior college guy. I know junior college isn't D1, but, you know, in the words of Chris Kleiman, football is football. So I think they've got the talent to be an all right offensive line, and that's probably all you really need. You don't need him to be elite. Just be all, be fine. Give Skyler time. Create some holes. I'm not as pessimistic about the offensive line as some people might be. Am I concerned? Sure. But I'm not pessimistic. Well put. I feel the exact same way. From Fervent Purple, it seems that ESPN is sleeping on Chris Kleiman and the team in their FPI rankings, coming off a first-year season that honestly couldn't have gone too much better, and they are still going to slot us at ninth in the conference. Is ESPN mostly correct, or is this going to be just another regular year in the rich annual K-State tradition of vastly outperforming projections from the media? Look, well, one thing people need to understand about FPI is it's not a media poll. Nobody voted K-State ninth. Now, again, it goes back to kind of what the PFF thing. It's a formula that I don't comprehend. I don't get how FPI can rank that team ninth of all the teams in the Big 12. I don't get how Texas can be seventh going into next year. But that's kind of the situation you're in. FPI changes drastically, so drastically. So I wouldn't. I mean, I wouldn't be freaking out about being ninth in the FPI and being 50th overall. Um, in the country now, I think it. I think that the formula probably should have made it higher. Um, I I don't understand how a team can win eight games and have significant players coming back, and and the formula spits out fiftieth. I was anticipating maybe a, a low forty, but it is what it is. I, I also wouldn't be concerned with FPI rankings in February. Who gives a flying crap? <laughs> well, we did. We wrote a story about it. But it, that's the only reason you do is is it's it's nonsense. It was so stupid you wrote yeah. about it. Yeah. I mean, it's it's idiotic. It's you know, it's a computer formula. Some human being has to put in the initial numbers that gives a basis for the formula to run on. It doesn't translate to how games come out. Get mad when the media poll comes out and if they're ninth there, then you can be a little upset. Yeah. Then people who put their eyeballs on Chris Kleiman's program think that the first year, when has the first year of a coaching staff been an aberration? I mean, I guess it happens. I guess you inherit players. But in football, that's really tough to do, to switch systems and just because you had a bunch of dudes. Well, he inherited players that went five and seven. Exactly. <laughs> I don't understand. And Scott but, Frost. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Oh, well, so be it. Let them doubt. That's the K-State way. Have that chip on your shoulder. 
Last question of the podcast from Powercat Ryan. How much of a disadvantage is it that K-State's junior day is after other local schools that are recruiting a lot of the same talent? Could it be spun into a positive that some campers were waiting to see K-State's camp and be a prisoner of the moment? I've never been one to buy into this theory in recruiting that, oh, this kid is taking his visit to K-State last. It'll leave the biggest impression on him. That's everybody wanted to do it with with, uh, Kevin McCuller couple of years back in basketball and that didn't matter same thing with nick blake who went to unlv every somebody has different. to be first and somebody has to be last every kid's different uh, maybe maybe it's a kid that will see something he loves on the first visit and nothing will ever match up because it was all new and shiny and fun and nothing will be that way this again because he's already experienced that or maybe he'll just wait for that last visit and it'll all register then that I have to make up my mind every kid's different and you just schedule your junior day when you schedule it, whatever works in your schedule and if kids want to come to Kansas State they'll come I'm, you know, maybe being last helps. Maybe being last hurts because you lose some kids along the way who say, I already fell in love with Nebraska. I want to go be mediocre and wear red. I don't want a kid to be a prisoner of the moment in Manhattan and commit at junior day. I don't want that to happen because I want a kid to actually think about, is K-State the best fit for me? Weigh your options. And, you know, if you commit there on the spot, just because you're caught up in the moment, I think that kind of sets off some alarm bells, to be honest. So I I would stop reading into things like that. I, I get it, but I don't think it's worth it in anything. Let me clarify something with you um, as we wrap up this sterling edition of the Power Cat Questions podcast. You do not want kids to be prisoner of the moment. Are you in favor of kids being prisoner at any time? No. You don't. I want that on the record. You don't believe in children jails. I want that on the record cleared up right now. I do not believe people should be in pr- children should be imprisoned. Is that what? What are you in for? Well, I stole a toy at daycare, and I'm doing five to ten. Not a fan of Chitty Chitty Bang Bang. <laughs> well, Dick Van Dyke singing is always a lovely thing, and that was a great way to finish this podcast with a complete boomer reference. You've been listening to the Power Cat Questions podcast presented by Fridge Wholesale Liquor. Power Cat Podcast. All rights reserved. GoPowerCat.com and Spirit Street Publishing. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can conquer it. I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. Any road. The steeper, the better. Because my all-new Santa Fe is available with H-Track all-wheel drive, so I can hit the trail without a worry in the world. Heck, with three rows and best-in-class rear cargo space, I can pack the whole family in with all our gear. We've got available dual wireless charging for our phones, so we'll never lose touch with civilization, and we won't lose touch with the primordial power of Mother Earth. So which is it? Waste the weekend or do something a little more epic and conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey.